This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Hello, Merry Christmas. You know what? This is one of my favorite services of the year. Because it's all rush, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And when we come to Christmas Eve service, it always feels to me like, okay, Christmas is now beginning. And now we can just throttle back on all that stuff and enjoy family, enjoy the meaning of the season, and have a great time together. So, for the next few minutes, um, I want to talk to you about something that I think Capitol Hill could use a big dose of. Any of you think Capitol Hill might need some help? Yeah. And as I was thinking and praying my way through that, I realized sometimes Family Hill, you know what I'm talking about, also needs the same stuff. And I realized that when Jesus came, he brought with him a message, a culture, a perspective that has a way of taking the chaos of life and just putting it all in order for us. And one of the things that I love about Christmas is somewhere during the season, most of us, maybe all of us, take a little bit of time to actually sit and reflect. And so I hope that what I say over the next 10 to 15 minutes will give you something to think about. And reflect on. Not from a guilt standpoint, much more from an inspiration and information standpoint. Something that you can refer back to often in 2020, and something that can be a foundation stone for your life. So let's start with a passage that's probably one of the most famous and often quoted during the Christmas season. There it is. It, this is from an angel to Joseph, um, who is what most people believe the father of Jesus, although he's not the real father of Jesus. But he's a little confused that his fiance has turned up pregnant, and he for sure knows it wasn't him. Okay, So the angel is coming to help him out, and the angel says, now listen, Joseph, the virgin, Mary, the virgin. One and only time in history a virgin has ever conceived. Are you on board with that? So don't try this on your parents, okay? The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And I love this next phrase. And the people. The people will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. At New Life, we, we like to call this the Jesus effect. Wherever Jesus goes, even to this day, wherever Jesus is taken, there's a culture that comes. And hopefully, when we carry Jesus with us as he intended, the people that we encounter will have that same feeling that somehow God is with them. 
That's why a little while later, after Jesus was born, I don't know if it's the same angel, but an angel appeared to some shepherds. And the angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior has been born today. Wow. It's good news. It's going to cause great joy. It's going to be for all the people. And it all centers around this person that is to be born. And that's why when Jesus came to live with us, He brought a message to our world that it could really use right now. But I think it might be a different message than most of us have been led to believe. Most of us have been led to believe that when Jesus came, He brought a system of theology, of rules and regulations, and He's often known as being a great philosopher and a great teacher, and He taught amazing things. And all of that is true. And oftentimes we've been led to believe that Jesus came to teach us how to color inside the lines. Do this, do this, do this. Don't do that, don't do that. And that if we just did all the right things and we didn't do all the wrong things, that somehow life would work out for us and, and when we die, it would be good for us. But the truth is, Jesus didn't come to teach us how to color inside the lines. I'm super excited. We're going to do a teaching series in this coming year that Pastor Angela referred to on Sunday. It's called Radical Rabbi. And I'm going to give you just a tiny taste of the things that we're going to be looking at in that teaching series. Because Jesus was radical without being a rebel. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's kind of hard to do. He was radical without being a rebel. Because he actually came to teach us how to draw the lines in the right place. And one day a guy came to Jesus and said, Hey, hey, Rabbi, tell us what's the most important commandment in the Bible. And can you believe that the most important commandment in the Bible does not start with thou shalt not? Yeah, it starts with this. Look, you must love God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. When you walked in the lobby, you saw a Christmas tree made of, I don't know, seven or 8,000 of these things, right? When you look behind me, you see, well, if you walk around the building, there's somewhere between 45,000 and 47,000 of these little paper lengths, okay? They are there for a reason other than just beauty. There's a theme. And tonight I want to talk to you about our circles of love and acceptance. Because that's what Jesus really came to talk to us about. Our circles of love and acceptance. Now look, this is the world that Jesus entered. This is how it operated, okay? 
Everybody had their circle, and you can see on the inside of the circle, everybody is green and ready to go, right? And on the outside of the circle, everybody is red. And the deal was, the people on the inside of your circle were people who looked like you, thought like you, agreed with you, were of your same age group, of your same gender, of your same ethnicity, and if you were comfortable with them, you invited them into your circle of love and acceptance, and if you didn't agree with them, or you didn't look like them, or you had a different ethnicity, or you spoke a different language, or you were of a different gender, or you were of a different age group, in whatever way you were different, you were excluded. That was the norm. Jesus came into that world and he said, there's something seriously wrong with the world that draws lines like this. Because that circle is not primarily drawn to protect the people inside as it is to exclude the people outside. And Jesus came along and the angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to whom? All people. Not just people inside your circle that you like, that agree with you. You think Capitol Hill could use that? Yeah. Not just people on your side of the party line. Yeah. So you know what? The church got a hold of that and said, oh, I get it. And here has been the church's historical application of Jesus' deal, okay? We have a circle, and we realize, oh, anybody could come inside our circle, but they have to get past the guards. Can you see that? That's right, because we have police, and they stand, they're gatekeepers, and they make sure, yes, anyone No matter what ethnicity, you can come here, but you have to believe what we believe. You have to act like we act. You have to talk like we talk. You have to sing like we sing and the songs that I like and all of those things. You know what I call this? You're welcome if. Hmm. And we thought, oh yeah, This is the Jesus thing. It's actually available to everyone if they want to agree with us and come into our circle. But if they don't, they're out there. I love what Jesus did. You know what a Jesus circle looked like? It looked like this. It looks sort of like a kindergartner drawing a circle, don't you think? That's awesome. You know why? Jesus drew the circle like this because every time he encountered someone, the people around him were thinking, oh, 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 Jesus won't draw his circle of love and acceptance around this person. For instance, one day, Jesus was walking along and people were bringing children to him. And those around him said, no, 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 get the children out of here. Jesus will not draw his circle of love and acceptance around a bunch of rugrats. And Jesus said, no, 
you bring those kids to me. And he put them on his lap. And he put his hands around them. And he blessed them. They went a little further. There was a blind beggar beside the road who was yelling in his loudest voice and probably missing a few social cues. But you know what? When you're blind and you think you might get your eyesight back, you sort of throw out the social cues, don't you think? Yeah. And he was screaming at the top of his lungs, Jesus, have mercy on me. And everybody was saying, hey, pipe down, pipe down. Jesus has other more important things. He doesn't have time for you. And Jesus said, no, I'm going for this guy. And he went over and he drew his circle of love and acceptance around him. And yes, gave him his sight. And then he encountered a Samaritan woman. And the 12 closest followers of Jesus thought, surely he would not draw his circle of love and acceptance around her. She's a woman. He's a man. She's a Samaritan. He's a Jew. They have nothing to do with each other. And to make matters worse, she had been married five times and gave up on the idea of marriage and was just living with a guy. And they're thinking, man, Jesus will, if there's ever a time when he would draw the circle to exclude someone, it would be her. No. He drew his circle around her. And then a prostitute. Friend, as you go through Jesus' life, The reason the circle looks like that is because Jesus was always bending the circle to include the next person. It's not nice and round. When we follow Jesus, the circle is never nice and round. It's always lumpy and it's always being adjusted because no matter who we encounter in life, we understand that what Jesus came to show us is I bring good news of great joy for all people, regardless of how they live, regardless of what they believe, regardless of what their skin color looks like, regardless of their sexual preference in life, regardless of their employment status, regardless of what their clothes look like. It doesn't make any difference. When you got next to Jesus, he drew you into the circle. Hmm. So I wonder what that would look like for us. I think principally three things. And by the way, for a moment, put Capitol Hill out of your mind and put family and personal hill there. Are you ready? Because as we Learn to live as Jesus lived. The first thing it means is that we're going to have to learn how to accept people without trying to fix them. I know. There's something wrong with everybody. I get it. I get it. Even those of you who want to fix everybody, there's something wrong with you. That might be what's wrong with you. Yeah. The sooner we learn to accept people without trying to fix them. To accept them just as they are. It's not I accept you if or I accept you when, but I accept you 
just as you are. When we learn to accept people without trying to fix them, it's amazing how open they become to our input. But when we try to fix them before we accept them, it's amazing how resistant they can be to our wisdom. Have you noticed that? Yeah. So accept without trying to fix. Here's another big one. It means we're going to have to... Okay, we'll do two at once. How's that? It means we're going to have to learn how to practice love and not tolerance. Can I just pause for a minute? The big word of the day in our world is tolerance. Learn how to tolerate people who are different from you. Learn how to tolerate people who don't believe what you believe. Learn how to tolerate people who behave in a different way than you behave. And Jesus came along and said, no, 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 no. You got to go way beyond tolerance. Learn how to love people, not just tolerate them. Learn how to love people who are different from you, greatly different from you. Learn how to love people who greatly disagree with you. Learn how to love people who choose totally different values than you do and totally different behaviors. And friends, when you and I can learn to move beyond tolerance, to genuine love, it changes our world. It's no longer a world of toleration where we all live in our own isolated circles. It's a world of full love for each other. And the third thing it means is dialogue with respect. By the way, all three of those kind of come in the same package. Can you see that? It's a basic mindset. You know what that is? That's the Jesus effect. He was the first person who ever brought that to the world. To accept people without trying to fix them. To love them and not just tolerate them. And to dialogue with them in a context of respect. As we close, I'm going to leave us with one passage of Scripture that just sort of ties this whole Christmas message together. So, when the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy, the angel could see what was going to happen to our world when people decided to actually follow Jesus and to learn to live as he lived. And love would become the dominant factor of the day. And we live for the day when love becomes the dominant factor in the whole world, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Until now, until then, it can be the dominant factor in our world. And as Paul, who was, um, who received a radical call from Jesus in the middle of his life when he was a man messed up with hate toward people who disagreed with him and messed up toward people who, who were not like him to the degree that you either agreed with Paul or he killed you. Not the kind of guy you want to hang out with, right? Yeah. And Jesus placed a call on his life. And the Jesus effect began to change him. From this angry, bitter, vengeful killer into a gentle, kind, 
loving, patient person. And looking at his own life years later, and looking at the lives of people around him who had invited Jesus into their lives, this is what he wrote. When God is personally present, we are transfigured, much like Jesus. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives, and what? We become like Him. Can I just say, that is the message of Christmas. It's great that God came and was born as a baby. It's great that Jesus grew up and lived and taught and healed. And it's great that Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins. All that stuff is great. And don't miss any of it. It's all part of the Christmas story. But I believe the biggest part of the Christmas story is that if you and I want to, we can be made to be like Jesus. And the Jesus effect will live on in us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.